0: Life, and the life we give to others, is the
1: greatest reward. Listen to our guests reward us with their life and life's journey, today on the Escavelio Show. We'll hit record already, and welcome to the Escavelio Show. I'm your host, Ryan Michael Esquivel, welcoming you all back to the Escavillio show. I have a really, really special guest. And he's not special because he just showed up to do the Escavillio show. But I am grateful that he does do the Escavillio show. But why he's special is because he's a real person. Now you can say that you always have real people on the show and you will be right. But what you're right is right now. Right now, we have Dennis Davis from Not Your Average Joe Radio. And when you struggle just to be average, and you're contemplating to go beyond average, know one thing, do not settle. Never settle for being average. And that is the main message of the Dennis Davis podcast. Now, Escavelio Empire? Nope. If you didn't catch my last episode with Karen Hamilton, where we went beyond nuts, go check it out. Episode 25. This is episode 26 in the age of Escavelio. Thank you. You know, doing a podcast, I want to be, first of all, I want to be humble and tell you thank you. Because without your love and support, I'd still be Escavelio because I am the Escavelio Empire. Now, Esquivello Empire, I want you to give a warm welcome to Dennis Davis of Not Your Average Show Radio. Dennis, are you with us? I am. Thank you so much for having me today, Ryan. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of my favorite words if you listen to the podcast regularly. Because there are very few things in this world that are absolute. Like for me, I believe in God. That is an absolute fact. With Dennis, he's a big believer in fate. And faith. Those two words are very, very similar, but they're very, very different. But let's get into Dennis Davis's story because he didn't always sometimes I'm sure he did settle for average. but when you start out in life, settle for average, but don't be content with average. So Dennis, take us let's go where are you from? Let's keep it simple.
0: Uh, Currently in Minnesota, I've lived in Minnesota in the Twin Cities metro area for 23 years now and two years before that. Originally from California, we've talked uh, off air and in another program when you were on my show about that. I grew up in California for 18 years and decided there was life beyond California after having been in Minnesota um, between service and then now after service in the military and just love Minnesota and the family nature of, of being here. And yes, it's cold. It's, I don't know if it's above single digits yet today, but probably close to it, but it keeps a lot of the crime away and it's it's a good place to live and raise a family. So that's where I'm from originally and currently being the
1: last uh, 23 years. One of Dennis Davis's biggest initiatives is, is helping veterans. Let me put that out there right now and very clearly. He is all about veterans. I love veterans. I'm a veteran. And let me start off by saying, Dennis, thank you for your service. Thank you. That phrase never gets old because it comes from a humble humble place. And when you give uh, that sense of being humble, it takes you so far in life. And trust me, people, it has taken me so far in life and we're not done yet. And Dennis... He inspires people, like all my guests here, they inspire you to be much better than where you are. But you, where you start is up to you. The fact that you start is awesome. You get points for starting. Without that roadmap, and, you know, Dennis and I had that roadmap of the military. What, you know, first question is, what made you want to decide to join the military? Because it's not a number one career choice for anybody. Including myself.
0: Well, I actually I have a family background in the service. Uh, my biological father, my adopted father, uh, other family members had served, and I was I was proud of their service. But I actually, had moved from California to Minnesota to go to school, uh, college, right out of high school, and uh, actually joined. I was getting burned out on college and uh, the ability to not pay for it, and uh, or not having the money to pay for it until so military became an attractive option. always been drawn to service of some sort, and being able to look at the military as a viable option that would potentially yeah. help me uh, get money for school was a great thing. So I actually joined. Uh, I looked at def- a number of different options the summer of 1990, and they couldn't get me back to school in time for the fall. So I ended up joining the Navy active duty and signed the day Desert Shield started uh, in August of 1990. And then, of course, Desert Storm started uh, the following year in 1991, and it was over by the time that I, I got into the service in May of 91. And wanted to do something for uh, you know, that I could use for the rest of my life, you know, a trade or a skill. Ended up working with weapons, uh, specifically missiles, potentially nuclear-capable missiles. Really great if you have a missile system in your backyard, but not many of us do. The government kind of frowns on that. Uh, but, you know, looking back on that, I learned a lot of great things, and those are transferable skills. Not just the missile system, but so many of the other things around that or just bits and pieces of that, not having to do necessarily with the missile system, but being able to be more mechanical and training the brain to be able to do things that way was really, really helpful. So that's how I got in, went back in a second time after a back injury, got out, never thought I'd be back in, went back into the Air Force Reserve in 2003, 9-11 happened, was... Uh, had that desire to serve again. 2003, I was able to get back into the Air Force Reserve here in the Twin Cities. Served for another 12 years before physically I, I couldn't serve any longer. The 16 years total service, deployed twice, earned a commission in the Air Force Reserve. Uh, have been enlisted in two different branches, commissioned in one, and yeah, a lot more history there. But that is a
1: short, shortened version of the history. That is. That is very eye-opening because for a lot of my listeners who are not military, who have never been any kind of law enforcement, being an officer. There's two types of uh, soldiers. We'll just keep it simple. Or service people. There you go. There's two types. There's enlisted. Well, maybe there's three. But anyway, we'll keep it simple. There's two types. There's you're enlisted, and this is the majority of the military. And this, of course, there's special people there. But enlisted and officer. You know, the officers are your more your supervisors. They 're not worker bees, and I, I use that most affectionately to the enlisted because everybody plays their part in the military. However, the officer corps or the officer group let's, let's keep the military jargon for a, a minimum course people. but stay with me now when you 're an officer, you 're in charge, plain and simple, whatever it is, but when you break it down to compartments or departments, if you will, you know it makes things easier. to to focus on your mission so you have a singular purpose leading leading service members and you are more like a reference point for the people who actually do their job so let's take podcasting for example if I want if I have an issue with podcasting I would go to somebody who's more senior to, to to the to the podcasting thing so Maybe I would go to a Dennis Davis because he does have a podcast, people, Not Your Average Show Radio. Go to his website. And we'll, don't worry, if you don't have a pen, pencil, we'll, we'll get to you in the show notes. But don't worry. Anyway, I'm getting off track. But officer is more like a supervisor, a reference point. So it's okay not to know anything. It's not. But when you're trained and you want guidance on such as like a gray area, ethics, you want an officer or supervisor – Somewhere you can go to, and the way the military is designed, they take people like Dennis because he has this analytical mind where he can pull himself out of this situation, make a, a reasonable and competent decision, and the military is going to back you 100%. Just like any corporation, just like any group, any organization. So, Dennis is more than a subject matter expert, he's more than a reference point. He is the person who writes the reference manuals. I'm telling you, officers do that. These, this man is so smart. Let me tell you, if I have a question about podcasting, military, there's an issue, this is my number one go-to person that I'm going to go to. And then I'm going to go to some other, other people who, you know, colonels, generals, on and on.
0: But anyway, I'm getting off track. Um, Dennis, well, well let, me, let me step in there really quick. Um, one, thank you for the kind words. Um, I'd probably refer to it as you uh, you search for a subject matter expert, and then when you can't find anybody, you call me. Um, but it's uh, a pun there, in, in a very simple uh, sense, in, in 30 seconds. It, it, for those that are in corporate America, I've spent time in corporate America, significant time, especially as a reservist, having a full time job and then the, the military career on as well. On top of that. What, what I did, and, and it's not lifting me up, but just so that you understand in a corporate sense or in a business sense, I was in a junior or a senior mail le- mailroom level position as a lower enlisted, working my way towards mid-level enlisted. And then you've got a business outside the mailroom that uh, supports the functions of the business, it can be tip of the spear of the business if they're in sales. Everything else supports that function of making money. And then you get into the executive realms. And so that all those workers that are in the middle supporting that business are the mid-level and senior-level enlisted folks. And then when you become an officer, you're really in that junior executive, mid-level executive, senior executive roles, and that's what they're responsible for. So it's a really easy way from a business or corporate perspective to look at how the military functions. It's not that much different than a business. There's a lot more that goes into it, but from a simplicity standpoint, that's the way that I've been able to explain it to people that have no relevant knowledge of the military whatsoever, especially in job interviews. They don't understand what we do. So to be able to put that out there. So if there are veterans in the audience, that that's a really good way to be able to demonstrate who you are, what, where you fit in on the scale of Leadership, management, uh, work capabilities, and it's it's helped me, and I think it'll help a lot of other people. So that's pretty pretty easy way to be able to explain it.
1: Let me explain something else to you, people. If you want to know more about my story and, and the, the interview that that Dennis, a great interview that I did with, uh, or Dennis is the interviewee, and now uh, kind of reversed. So, but stay with me. I think it was episode thirty-five or twenty-five that I was on your show?
0: Probably more like 25. I um, 25. I, I don't I don't have them all memorized. So I don't remember which one it was. It was a good episode, but that has far less to do with me than it does with a guest. So thank
1: you. Oh, you were, the questions that Dennis asked me, I think we spent like two or three hours just talking um, all kinds of stuff. And of course, some of the stuff got edited out, which is fine. You know, people, some of the stuff gets edited out. Trust me. None of this is getting edited out. Anything and all the pieces of wisdom wisdom that uh, Dennis has is, is given to us, soak it up. And if you want more, go listen to a show, not your average show radio. Podcasting. How did you get into podcasting?
0: I, I stumbled into it, uh, probably like many people that are podcasters. I had written a book several years ago. Not Your Average Joe Profiles of Military Core Values and Why They Matter in the Private Sector can be found on my website, nyajvets.com, which is Not Your Average Joe Vets Think That, nyajvets.com. But I, I knew all these people, and I had a background in psychology and talent acquisition and, and hiring uh, in the private sector and the corporate world. And I knew what it took to hire great people, and it's really Values-driven versus skills-driven. You can have the greatest skills in the world, but if you don't have the if you don't have the values to match that, that are congruent with the company that you're going to work for or seeking to work for, it is going to end in divorce and potentially a very messy, ugly divorce from an employment standpoint, because things aren't going to work out very well. And that can impact a business in a big way. That can impact a person's life in a big way. If it's reversed, that you think a company has the values that you do and they don't. I've been in that situation and it really stinks. So I I really wanted as an extension of the book and that whole project to be able to have them, a method to share these in an audible format, to be able to do the interviews, more condensed, uh, you know, 30 minutes to an hour for an episode, and really walk through the background, how they got into the service, challenges that they faced, what's their favorite value, advice that they would give, and just glean from that knowledge of our you know past and current service members and have expanded into family members of, of Gold Star families that have lost somebody in service to their country and to be able to share those values because I believe our country needs more of that, not less of that. And if we can bring those out of the people that have served our country and learn from those examples, we're all better for it. And I just happened to be a conduit for it. So that's really how I got into it. Uh, didn't know anything about it. Didn't know how to do any of it. Started doing some research. Uh, bought a little bit of equipment and then was, was graciously granted um, a, a grant. Was graciously given a grant from American Warrior Initiative, Sean Parnell's, organization, uh, nonprofit, to be able to help veterans, uh, disabled or not, accomplish things. And so I have a a mobile studio that I can take anywhere now as a result of that. and Just completely blessed to be able to have that and be in the right place at the right time, given the network that I have developed over the years.
1: Wow. I'm so glad you brought that up, Dennis. Let me tell you something that really puts a burr on my saddle. I mean, I I, I don't know. And i don 't put this lightly, people. Dennis is a great guy, great person, but sometimes sometimes you just got to call a spade a spade. The way we treat our veterans and the things that they 've earned, if you listen to my interview or <laughs> Dennis 's interview' it's kind of a little backwards, Dennis taught me a very powerful lesson, with, you know with words words have meaning, and words you know they, they convey meaning, and so they give meaning they're also a meaning to you. No, the word deserve, which I used, and the word earned, that Dennis used, and I I encourage everybody to go listen to that interview because it was a great interview. But anyway, what I'm getting at is veterans. I don't care if you're disabled, uh, black, white, purple, green, man, woman, whatever it is, transgender, I don't care. I think if you just serve one, or let's keep it simple, one month or whatever it is, you earn the, the title of veteran. We can get into all kinds of words and titles, but just keep it simple, veteran, I think you've earned, you know, something, you know, like free healthcare or whatever it is, but in the business sense, I think you've earned um, at least an opportunity, and a lot of veterans do not get that opportunity to showcase their talents. And that was another good word. I picked up from Dennis. Talents. Showcase your talents. But when they see that word veteran, regardless if you're disabled or whatever it is, there's an image of this, of this person, you know, missing legs or with PTSD. So they get that mental picture of what a veteran is supposed to look like. And then when they see me and they see Dennis, and I don't, I'm not missing any arms. I'm not missing any brain parts. And my heart goes to those people who do. But I don't look like the typical veteran. I'm sure, and I've seen Dennis on, many occasions on on the internet. He doesn't look like it, but when you get into his history, the surgeries, the family life, and the his successes and his failures, it re, it explains to you what a veteran goes through every single year of their life. And it's a struggle. And anything you can do, and Dennis does, and I support 100%. I don't care how big it is, I don't care how small it is, do it. And don't even just do it for free. That's what I say. But don't discount veterans. And I know a lot of times they discount themselves and that's, that's their business. But to my to my Escavello Empire, you see a veteran, let me know what I can do for that veteran. Let me know. Shoot me an email, sh- Twitter, whatever it is. Let me know what I can do. And then me and Davis will, you know, Dennis, I always refer people to last name, but that's a really bad habit. And it's much love and respect for Dennis. And he knows that. So it's, it's sir or captain. Or sir or captain. <laughs> Whatever you can do for a veteran, do it. Don't think about it, just do it. And trust me, it'll, it'll be a better world for you. The veteran is if everybody did that for 22 million of us, this world would be an awesome place.
0: And, and if the veterans did that for everybody else and then focus on the values of selfless service, of sacrifice, of, of honor, integrity, all the things that we were uh, that have been forged in us just like that sword or saber is forged through the heat and the cold, the tempering process, that sheer brute force of pounding it into submission, but into a, ends up being a beautiful work of art. Focus on those values first, whether you're a veteran or not a veteran. Focus on the values of being able to help each other. The world would look a lot different, And uh, to your point. So values first, skills can be taught. None of us were born with the skills for the most part that we have now. In the current roles that we have, military is no different, but those values are embedded in us. Figure out if you don't have those values, how to embed them in yourself. Work with somebody else that that can be your game plan. Your, your go-to-war plan is based on those values. The skills will come, and you will succeed far greater in life um, with the
1: values than without them. words of wisdom people words of wisdom and the great thing about words of wisdom and when you start living those words of wisdom things will happen for you certainly they certainly happen to you let me tell you I'm forty-something years old and trust me things have happened to me left and right I looking back on my life i must still to steal another line from Dennis here I couldn't have planned this no matter how a, a, a good story I could come up with and trust me I can come up with some good stories I could have never ever write a story like the way my life turned out, the way uh, Dennis's life turned out. And I can tell you, it is mind boggling awesome. No matter if you're meeting people, if you're if you're if you're getting out on Twitter or if you're getting out and we're gonna talk about Twitter a little bit later there, Dennis. Get out there. Be uncomfortable and just do it. It's hard. I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna be hard. It's not easy. And when it tells you that it's easy, they're selling you something. Don't buy it. You want to buy something? Buy my message. Find a way, and that's what I used to try to take that philosophy on. No matter what, everything I do and whoever I meet, you know what's important to you. You know, chances are it's a good, noble endeavor, and yeah, it's going to be important to me. Anything I can do to help, h, you just let me know.
0: Oh. Well, I'd summarize that. I'd summarize that very simply with uh, uh, Jim Rohn, who we talked about off air. So that if you don't have a plan for your life, somebody else probably does. Chances are you're not going to like their plan very much. So, so what are you doing to, to plan your own life? And for us, faith is a big part of that. But what are you doing to, to direct your life in the way that you would like it to go rather than the way the world wants it to go? And if you're not intentional about that, you're accepting somebody else's plan. And that's advice for me just as much as it is for everybody else. I'm not perfect. I'm flawed. I'm broken in a lot of ways and and not not in a negative way, but I I have challenges. And I need to constantly work through those. But if I'm not seeking that way to have that life, I'm accepting somebody else's life or or roadmap for my life. And is that going to be positive or negative for me long term? Chances again as Jim Rohn would say are good that you're not gonna like their plan very much. So what are you doing
1: to create your own? I think you have special special challenges and every, and this goes to any combat veteran or anybody who's any, suffered any traumatic event or You know there's special challenges when when you, when you put it like that with PTSD Depression with even maintaining relationships even cognitive functions if you will when it comes down to it, that basic premise of never settling for average is an intent. You don't intend to settle for average. But if you're on medications, you're on, you know, mind-altering substances like opioids, it's very difficult. Um, especially, you said you had a back injury. And for anybody who's ever had a back injury, they just want to give you morphine or, or hydrocodone, or whatever the fancy word is for narcotics or opiates or whatever it is this week. But that's been happening since the 60s, you know, ever since I'm sure it was much popular before the 60s, people. I'm just, you know, trying to date myself with the whole drug movement <laughs> stuff like that. But when, when you go to the doctor and you say you have back pain, here's your opioids because let me tell you something. I'm not a doctor, but they go through the same regimen of medications. Why? why? Why is that, Dennis? Because you've had back injuries. And what was they want to do is first, they give you opi- op- opioids. Then they want to do uh, epidural injections because they gotta just shoot you up with more drugs. And then they can't find, they still can't find but you're in a lot of pain. I, I believe that wholeheartedly because you, you know, I follow you over the years, and you've had surgeries. You've and you just had your knee replaced, or surgery on your knee. Or I, I can't remember one.
0: Surgery on my knee. I, I won't go into. It's complicated, <laughs> yeah. but. It, my kneecap wasn't tracking correctly and it was continuing to damage my knee. I've got bare bone under my kneecap. So they did some releasing, uh, of certain parts of the knee. Opposite of repairing like an ACL ligament, um, and tightening it. This has destabilized it for a period of time and it's painful. It's got a heel still swollen two weeks later, but, um, hopefully this will help with the tracking properly and, and not tearing up the inside of the knee anymore. This is
1: my fourth surgery on my knee. Yeah. Um, Give me an honest, honest assessment there, Dennis. You know, I support modern medicine. I, I, you know, whatever it is that people need to do, do it. But I think if you have surgery, I think you're worse off than when before you had surgery. What, what's your thoughts? Uh, that depends.
0: As, as I learned in grad school, you know, the answer to anything uh, from a legal perspective is it depends. Uh, but it does depend. You know, I did not have anything. They had shaved some cartilage in the knee here this time, but um, I didn't have anything taken out. Each time before in the seven previous knee and ankle surgeries that I've had, this would be number eight, they've always removed cartilage. It was damaged in that if you put a pebble in, you um, in something that's turning or a joint in this case it's going to damage it and eventually can ruin it and uh, so they've always taken out this time they didn't do that but they cut to be able to release that pressure Um, so it really depends on that I've had three back surgeries and to be able to alleviate the pressure on those nerves so they're not permanently damaged eventually they did get permanently damaged but uh, while that's a big surgery, it really, really helped. You know, obviously if you have cancer, you cannot not operate on it and it, it can kill you or you can operate on it and you have a better chance of surviving. Um, so again, the answer is it depends, but it's not an easy way out. It is a more complicated way out. Um, and sometimes that road doesn't lead to more health and well, and, and success in life and welfare. Just because it it complicates things and I've certainly had that happen where it then impacts other things in my body
1: It's still painful. I mean it sounds extremely painful. I mean I just think
0: Pain pain is a pain is a daily occurrence for me
1: And I and anybody who suffers from chronic pain no matter where part of your body you know and I know that they just want to give you medications and do surgery, and I, I say that in, like in a neutral way because that's one of your options of course, but in, in your mind you're thinking okay, if I have this surgery it's going to alleviate the pain or you may even hopefully take that pain away. And A lot of the back injuries, knee injuries because there's humongous injuries on the knees and the, in the back and the brain and from many service members who just keep that pounding themselves over and over and over again doing the same thing expecting that different outcome even when you get paid a little bit more money or you do a little cooler job or, you know, no matter how famous you get, you, you know, that stuff, you know, all those injuries, they stay with you. So when you're dealing with the service member or you're dealing with the veterans, you know, you know, keep that in mind that, you know, that just walking is a daily painful occurrence for them. So, you know, when they, they do get a little short tempered with you or, you know, maybe they're not in the best of mood when you're talking on the phone or a podcast, whatever it is. An ounce of kindness and niceness goes a long way, no matter who you are. I mean, especially for veterans, especially for government employees. I just think uh, it's just, you know, when we're seeing that red, red sense of pain, it just, you know, it's so, so overwhelming.
0: That well, and that's a universal principle for everybody. You know, we can cast that in the light of of military service members and veterans, because that's something a, a lot of people look up to. And it's cooler to talk about, I guess, that than somebody that's, you know, spent 20 years of their life working at Walmart on their feet all the time and have, you know, arthritis in their joints. It's just, it's, you know, that just doesn't sound very exciting or, or quote unquote sexy to talk about somebody that's been in a labor position like that and, but somebody that's potentially jumped out of an airplane or shot all kinds of guns or blown stuff up or whatever, just worn the uniform. That's a lot cooler to talk about. But pain is pain, and it doesn't. You don't know. The brain doesn't know that you're a, a military service member. Or you wear a uniform. It just knows you're in pain, right. and that's a universal principle, no matter where we've been, who we are.
1: Okay, I think that's a great time to take a break. You know, my whole Dennis over for the next segment and where we talk about Twitter we're going to talk about his awesome artwork the flags and then we're also going to talk about where Not Your Average Show Radio goes to in 2019 don't go nowhere Dennis Davis is going to be right back
0: do you want to understand the opposite sex start with a classic men are from Mars women are from Venus on audiobook to receive your free copy Please visit Esquivel dot com slash resources.
1: Okay, great. We are back with Dennis Davis, where his life's journey is not an adventure, but he's going to aim for never settling for average. Do not settle for average people, and don't settle for average people. You are the you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And for me, I want to spend time with Dennis Davis his potential personal potential and the potential he's going to give to you when you go check out his website his podcast his book his artwork it's going to take your game to the next level because me and Dennis see, we're going to Twitter I'm telling you we love Twitter and if you follow Dennis Davis you will know that like me I'm an outspoken conservative guy and I give that full warning, and it, sometimes we don't like to talk politics, but we will. It's fine. You know, there's very few things we don't talk, talk, talk about here on the Escavelio Show. But Escavelio Empire, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And in my opinion, and humbly, Dennis' opinion, you know, being liberal is not your fault. You know, but when you take that liberal entitlement you deserve, you know, that kind of just sends us to the roof. And not in the sense that you're going to get under my skin, but in the sense that you have given an awesome opportunity to live in a great country like America, and you want to get into it on Twitter, and you just want to run your mouth about all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to tell you what you want to run your mouth about. Let me tell you, you're going to get a strong reaction, and it's going to be a very powerful reaction from Dennis, myself, and you're probably not going to like it. But know that it's coming from a place of love and you know respect, and... For something about Twitter, for me, anyway, Dennis, that uh, it's just so impactful. It's there. It's in the moment. You know, I think you like it,
0: too. I enjoy mixing it up a little bit with people on Twitter. I think it's a good source for some news or at least to be able to find out things that are happening. A lot of stories are broken there. and You can do, do searches after that and take a deeper dive or just follow the links if, if people actually – have half a brain, I should say, and, and are posting links instead of just saying, hey, this happened, but usually links back to news articles, and, and that's always good. Uh, but there are some crazy people uh, on Twitter. Um, there are crazy people on both the left and right side on Twitter um, and, and everywhere else in life, but it's a nice form to be able to Politely set somebody straight. I guess I would say, and maybe sometimes I'm not as polite as I should be. Uh, but it is what it is, and I, I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed uh, providing some insight to certain people
1: over the course of time. But it, it but it is fun though. I I I I you know something about it's not fighting. It's more like you know it's like okay here's my opinion. Back and forth. It's a healthy conversation, which we normally don't get. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you, I do not have these kinds of conversations with hardly anybody in my life. You know, you can, on one hand, maybe even one finger, you know, where I look up to somebody where I want to have a conversation about politics or I want to have a conversation about identity stuff or being uh, Hispanic, Latino, whatever you want to call it, but I'm American. You know, the great thing about being American is free speech and having ideas, but when people go to that extreme, like, oh, I don't like, you know, It's the insane extreme. And it kind of pulls me out of my comfort zone and starts, you know, challenging my limits about what is tolerable, about what what makes sense. And some of these people on Twitter don't even make sense to me. I mean, I understand identity politics is your thing. I get it. I can understand that. But when they start going into, you know, I'm entitled or I deserve, you know, just to have a voice because I showed up on Twitter and I'm not even an American citizen. (laughs) It's mind-boggling that they live in places where they they just get killed, literally killed, end of life, for having an opinion, but they can come on Twitter, instantly have an opinion, feel important, and then just jump off like like one of those conversations we had a long time ago. And I say long time ago because it might have been three weeks or four weeks, whatever it is, but uh, it's a back and forth. It really is and a lot of people you know they they see that from the outside and they think oh you're fighting it's bad no, 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 i think that's i think that's perfectly realistic because in the military we're trained to fight we're trained to okay this is a decision this is my opinion go do it on twitter you're not trained you know it's all natural and like i said it's it's very entertaining i like it and i i hope everybody that anybody who's following me on twitter is not offended by my um, conservative views or my I try to be respectful. Well, I
0: think to put it very simply, it's it's just uh, standing up for what you believe in in a cohesive way, intelligent, cohesive way, and that oftentimes, whoever you're in a discussion with, they're neither healthy nor cohesive, and they operate based on emotion. And that's something that most folks in the military uh, has been uh, beaten, so to speak, out of them. Yes, emotion plays a role, but you limit the emotions to be able to do the job because some of the jobs are very difficult to do. But life is very difficult to do also. And so if you can make healthy, positive decisions based on fact and grounded in in truth rather than emotion, you're probably going to do better in life. And Twitter is a place where a lot of it is emotion and very little fact, at least in the discussions that I end up a part of. And it's funny because they quit responding pretty quickly or they'll block you because they have no fact. And so just being able to stand up for what you believe in, that's a good place to practice that where nobody's going to throw bottles at you or or harm you physically because it's online. And so to be able to share what you believe in 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 a coherent, precise manner because you're limited in characters, I think it's helpful, and I think it helps your brain as well, Um, whether you've been through trauma or you have cognitive functions. Again, military or not, you could be in a car accident outside the military and have the same traumatic brain injury issues that somebody that served and and was in an IED explosion has. brain doesn't know that you wore a uniform or not. So I think there's a cognitive function as well that helps in putting together coherent thoughts, And practicing that skill and being able to then carry that into actual physical conversations with people is again very, very healthy and can't, it it just helps you long term with a, a more healthy prognosis for your life and your future. And it can be fun too, but for me being able to stimulate the brain and be able to help me continue to form those thoughts long term, given the challenges that I've been through and continue to face,
1: is a good thing rather than a bad thing. Oh, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Anytime you get to talk, and I'm listening to Dennis Davis, uh, his words to wisdom. People listen. You know, no matter how complicated the the issue might be, a nuclear war, or you know something s- simple like don't eat meat. I mean. Wh- I don't get it, but I respect it. If nothing else, it's a great conversation. And if you're looking for a great conversation, Dennis is not that hard to find. And you might think, because he has a book, he has a podcast, you know, success is easy for Dennis. And sometimes it is, and other times it's not. One of the first people I worked, I wanted to reach out to was Dennis Davis, and I'll tell you why. When I started doing podcasts and getting... um There's only certain. There's only. There's like a thousand ways to get a guest to actually physically connect with guests. Dennis told me about freeconferencecall.com, which we're on right now, and it was free. And I wouldn't. I looked on online. I looked all over the message boards. I looked. I looked. I looked. And I found this really complicated way to call somebody on my iPhone, connect it through my mixer, connect the calls over the podcast, record it, and let me tell you, that was awful and it was painful. You know, Dennis, you know, his kindness showed me how to do that. And he, he took it one step further. And another thing I like about Dennis is he's going to take it one step further. He's going to do it for free, too. But let me tell you, success is, is, is something you work for, and it's not a continuous thing. And there are some low points, and there are high points, but I think lately... You know, I'm not gonna get into all kinds of and the, the low points, but I think the, the major low point for Dennis is the PTSD, and, and I don't mean to speak out of turn, but I think depression. I think we said, and a lot of his physical injuries, you know, are huge barriers for that success. Dennis, what are some of the things that you like to do? I mean, if there's anything, of course, other than podcasting and helping veterans. You know, that's a lot right there. But, I mean, is there something that you do for yourself to take yourself out of these, you know, very, very painful situations? I,
0: I think the biggest thing uh, over the last several months is developing as a form of therapy, but also a form of, of revenue generation for me, uh, as there's just been a lot of challenges that, are, that have come to light or, or were always there and have and just kind of reared their head so that they're, they're recognizable now. But as a form of therapy, I, I enjoy woodworking and so much so that I, you know, over a decade ago, bought a whole bunch of oak um, to, from a sawmill to be able to build things out of. And it just sat and sat and sat in my garage and going back to if you don't have a plan for your life, you know, chances are you're not, you're not going to like somebody else's plan very much. It just sat. And so I never have an official plan with it. It's just I'm going to do this someday. Challenges that I'm facing now um, and, and really trying to deal with. I want to say put behind me, they'll never be behind me, but uh, deal with them in a healthy, positive manager, manner. And then there's nothing that I can't do after that because I've learned to handle those things. I started creating flags, American flags, out of wood. American flag is very important to me, it's very important to Ryan, it's important to a lot of people in the country, but given the division in the country right now. Uh, from, I would say, a social justice perspective, uh, there are a lot of people that, that have no problem disrespecting the flag and uh, no pun intended or pun intended that that just won't fly with me. Um, so being able to create these things and uh, these flags, several different kinds, they're all American flags, but uh, there's a burnt flag that symbolizes a whole lot of different things. Uh, as a country, we're burnt and, and, and we've been kicked in the dirt and we've been down. But, you know, that fire that, that, that burned us didn't consume us. And so this flag is not consumed. It's made out of all hard wood. The stars are silver instead of white because they're soiled. But the, the natural grain and beauty of the wood shines through. And it just it's so impactful in my life and to remember that I still have value and that I can contribute and that I can help other people and that I can live a healthy, positive life. I'm learning how to do that Uh you know, through taking care of myself and then in service to others but it's also a beautiful work of art the kind of art that, that people would pass down from generation to generation all hardwood there's no metal attaching it, it's all handmade uh, the only paint on it is stars, everything else is either stained or natural or burned uh, so it's exciting to be able to have that, there's a red, white and blue flag that's all stained, that's just gorgeous and a natural flag that's It's just the wood and stars and clear coat. That's it. Um, But that beauty that God created in that wood is no different than the beauty God created in each of us, veteran or not, to be able to live a healthy life impacting others. And, 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 you know, for me, bringing glory to God as well. Maybe that's not something that that the listener subscribes to. So be it. But for me, you know, bringing glory back to God through his own creation in both myself and in that wood and shape it in a way that impacts other people's lives and can, again, pass down from generation to generation. Um, so that's really what I've I've started doing over the last couple months. And it, it really is kind of cathartic. It gives me a purpose because uh, I don't wear that uniform anymore, but to continue to serve my community, my country in a different way. Um, be able to use it as a platform to be able to help other veterans. Uh, I'd like to work with some, some nonprofits and, and military veteran charities. So uh, to be able to get the word out, but then a portion of the, the proceeds could go towards um, those nonprofits and be able to do good. So everybody wins, customer wins, I win, the nonprofit wins, the veteran or the, the purpose, the person that is being served by that nonprofit wins as well. So that's something that I've really picked up and adopted in the last few months and, and starting to have some success with it. But every time it's uh, the flags are all the same, but they're all very different. It's the wood and the grains of wood and the patterns. And I have two right now and a third in my shop that I'm working on and seeing them come together and that beauty and to realize that I'm still beautiful regardless of the challenges that I've been through, that I'm beautiful and I have value. And when other people can see that beauty and value in me as well as in the product, it's very meaningful and it's, it's helped me. It is helping me currently make it through some very challenging
1: times. I think that's an understatement. Just between me and Dennis, I think that's a huge understatement because I know what you're going through. And trust me, people, he is a true warrior. He earned every minute of All every success that he gets in every dollar, of course, he earns it. And if you, Christmas is right around the corner. If you really want to make a difference, make a difference in your own life. Go to his website, and don't worry, we'll get the website here in a second. Check out these wonderful pieces of art. Because he puts his heart, trust me, when a veteran puts his heart into something, there is nothing he or she, you know, they can't do. And that goes for everybody else, too. If you put your heart into something, you will not lose. You might not get rich, but you will not lose. And you will have pride and satisfaction in everything else you do because you put your heart in. Because it will be a natural thing to do. Okay, I'm going to do this and put my heart in. And you won't go wrong, trust me. Another thing about these, these, these wonderful pieces of art and the American flag, that it's so unique. You're not going to find this anywhere except on Dennis's website. For sale. And if you do, it's probably fake or made in China. Nothing against China. They do have some wonderful products. But that's beside the point. This is the only place that you can find in the entire Internet is notyouraveragejoe.com. I hope I got that right, Dennis.
0: It's uh, NYAJVets for Not Your Average Joe. NYAJVets.com. But (laughs) Not Your Average Joe is a good way to remember NYAJ. Uh, vets.com, and and I will say that there are other places that you can find flags, wooden flags similar to this, but not uh, not these flags. These are all hardwood.
1: I want people to go to your site. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, and I'm not going to give their sites, but th- these are these are all hardwood. A lot of the the flags that I see out there are pine. Wow. Um, the flags that I produce are not inexpensive, but quality you know, craftsmanship and materials go into it. Hardwood versus pine is completely different. A lot of the flags that I've seen out there are painted stripes um, versus actual individually cut stripes. And uh, so all of these things are, you can find others out there, but the care and the attention to detail that goes into this to have individually cut stripes then put back together Um, to change the species of wood in between stripes in some of the flags. All of these things matter to me and should matter to the public. Again, that this is as close to a a hand-sewn flag as you could get, but creating it through the medium of wood. You'd have to see the pictures to understand, and you can go out and search other organizations that are out there. Um, but to actually have a flag that the proportions are are as close to accurate as I can get um, there's tons of products out there that the stars are the wrong size or I don't know why a veteran would make that but they do and I'm going to bring as much personal care and attention to detail as I can to make it the right size and proportion. <laughs> just as if you were flying it in your front yard. It's really difficult to get these up a flagpole, um, <laughs> and they don't wave in the wind very well. But, no, um, no. you know, for for hanging on a wall or home use or an office use or mantle, it's going to last forever. And uh, the quality is there in the worksmanship, the craftsmanship, and the, and the
1: actual materials that go into it. I think it's the perfect gift for the veteran in your life, the the hard worker in your life, the mom in your life, the dad in your life—it is the perfect gift because it truly is a gift. Because you're giving something part of, of course, Dennis's hands, and his blood, sweat, and tear, in his heart. You're giving it to somebody else that you value in your life. It is an excellent gift compared to an iPad or an iPhone or some other, you know, dopey thing that we might give ourselves for Christmas. Give yourself a, a really good quality piece of art. And I, and, and I say that with the most affection. Because it's a of I mean, I I mean I think it's almost up there to like a Picasso or something. A Raphael, even. Donatello, one of the Ninja Turtles or something. Where it's, uh, I
0: don't know that I'd go that far. Probably more on the Ninja Turtle than the uh, Picasso. Um, but it is something that will truly last. And it, it's a wonderful way to teach children, family members, or be a reminder to, uh, you know, grown adults of, of the power of our country and that story of who we are, the visual representation of that. So you can see the struggles and the challenges that we have in our country today. We've always had those, you know, similar ones. We always will have struggles and challenges, but that beauty always shines through of our country. The greatest experiment in freedom that this world has ever seen for 242 years now, something like that, 43. And that is a a wonderful thing. And so to be able to have it and share that beauty with others, I don't know that you'll change any minds, but for those that believe in our country with all of its flaws, with all of its challenges, that again it's still the greatest country and the greatest experiment in freedom the world has ever seen, it's a beautiful reminder to be able to have that and we all will pass on at some point, but this is something that, you know, you can give the iPad away, but it's only going to last for a finite period of time. This is something that unless it's purposely damaged, it's going to last, outlast us. And that's a pretty cool thing for me to think that I'm creating something with my hands, no blood yet, knock on wood, um, you know, but certainly sweat and tears in trying to create some of these things that are going to outlast me and outlast you and outlast the owner, actually. Um, that's a pretty cool thing, and it's, it's probably not going to end up at a garage sale. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that if it does end up there, but um, it's, it's, not, it's the quality that's not going to be there. It's some it's Somebody is going to pass on and somebody in the family is going to say, I want that because it meant so much to them. And that's very humbling for me to be able to feel like I have a purpose in being able to create those things with these two, you know, hands that, that are painful sometimes and through experiences that I've had in my life and, and a body that's painful almost all the time in different aspects and, and a brain that can be painful sometimes through things that I've, I've experienced in the service to be able to have that create beauty and share that beauty with others is a really powerful way for me. So you can kind of see that therapeutic part that helps me continue going on day to day despite the challenges that I have. And it can bring joy to somebody else. That's great.
1: Trust me. There's no challenge in finding this wonderful piece of art because I'm going to have links to Dennis's site and right to his flags. Anyway, um, links, people. Go to my website and you get the links directly. <laughs> I don't make anything off Dennis's sales other than the warm satisfaction that I get to play a small part in his success. That's it. Do yourself a favor, you know, that l- special loved one in your, that this is going to be a really awesome Christmas gift or New Year's Eve gift. Whatever it is, go get it. Go check it out. Now I, I told I gave Dennis a heads up for the last question. Now, gotta wrap this interview up, because I had a wonderful time, a great time talking about all kinds of stuff from faith to art, and trust me, I am not an art critic, but it's a great piece of art. I've seen it. Go check it out. But the last question is, and it's gonna be a question that's gonna be regular to any, all my guests going forward. It's a it's very brand new question, and I put a little bit of effort and a little bit of thought into this question, because this is a question that I used to talk to some of my fellow soldiers. But when we go through something traumatic and we want something that's really that brings you down to earth and really puts life, life, not your pulse, but life in general into perspective, it comes down to this final question. Dennis, are you ready for the final question? Uh, I am. Hit me with it. You know life has its ups and downs. And like any great book, there's chapters, you know, one, two, three, four. And no one chapter is bigger than the other. But when you look at it from the end of the End of the story, looking backwards, and you see that some things are just predestined, like it was supposed to, meant to be. Now, being a man of faith, and, and I know that you think that free will brings choice. Now, do you think that life is full of choices, or that everything was meant to be? I believe it's a combination of both.
0: Much, much like Forrest Gump would say, uh, I believe it's a little bit of both. I think that you know in my faith and your faith we serve a, a wonderful and powerful God and I believe that he knows what's going to happen before we know what's going to happen. But I also believe that he has given us that free will and as his sons and daughters, we can go and and do what we want, do as we please, we can stray away from. The life that he would have us live. But along with that, we can come back to that life at any point in time and get in, in alignment with that will and that desire that he has in his heart for us. I do think it comes down to making, you know, decisions along the way that would keep us in line with his will for our lives. But we're going to make bad decisions. We're flawed human beings. And so the goal is any time in life, and, and so we can look at it in that biblical faith perspective, and we can we can put it down to the very simplest form in our life. You know, you do A, you get something good. You do B, you get punished. Um, whether it's a lie or robbing a bank or whatever it is, you have that choice. And, and God's given that, us that ability to make those choices. Well, if you tell a lie, then there can be a, a bad thing that happens as a, as a repercussion of that action that you've taken. Where you can avoid that is by doing the right thing, you know, trying to do the right thing all the time. And that really then leads into that never selling for average peace. Operating on values, using the skills and the abilities and the talents that God has given you, but operating on the values first, then the skills, seeking to do the right thing, And again, this is whether you believe in God or not, seeking to do the right thing all the time, the first time, rather than having to go back and clean up the mess because you made the wrong decision. And again, this is preaching to myself as much as anybody else in the audience. That leads to a not average life, an above average life, a superior life full of quality and meaning and purpose. And I need to keep seeking that just as much as anybody else does, probably more in some cases. But to be able to have that combination of, of free will, that I can do what I want, but then I need to seek the right things to do in all of my decisions, that ultimately I think is what leads to success in life. And a blessing in my case and in your case from God, and other people may not believe that part of it, but the principles are the same regardless and just like the military, learning from the military and the veteran community, you know, things that we've been through and how we've been able to overcome them, it's universally, universally applicable to the rest of our lives, whether you've been in service or not. So that's why I like to use that example. I hope that answers the question in a sufficient manner and, and does it justice, you know, for the audience and for yourself.
1: Have the will. Just to get on that roller coaster called life. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, but it's your choice. It comes down to you, your choice to say, "I want to live." And I think that's the main point that Dennis is trying to tell you. You have a choice, and you have the will to make that choice. Start living, and if you, your life involves being average, that's good. That's a that's a starting point. But you don't have to settle for average. Do not be content with the message that somebody else has given you. Learn to grow. Have that will. Get on that roller coaster called life. I'll end
0: my portion portion with this. that uh, The movie Shawshank Redemption said it well. It's time to get busy living or get busy dying. And that's not advocating for suicide or taking your life. But what are you really doing here? It's time to figure that out. Because if you're not busy living, you're busy dying. And so I, I use that as an example. Um, the other example just slipped my mind. Uh, that happens with me, so I apologize for that. But, uh, oh, this is it. It came back to me. Uh, just because it says don't never settle for average, that doesn't mean you have to be the CEO of Apple. You can never settle for average and live an above-average life as a cashier, as a janitor. As somebody that's disabled, it doesn't matter what your status is in life. That has no bearing on living an average, below average, or above average life. That's a decision that you can make, and you can live a far above average superior life at whatever level of life that you are at. From somebody with nothing materially to somebody with that has everything materially and everybody in between has the ability, but they have to choose that choice of get busy living or get busy dying. And it's, it's easy to do, it's easy not to do, but so many people do the not. They choose not to take action because it's easier not to take action. And I'm here to say, in my opinion, I think that's the wrong direction
1: to go. Yeah, there you have it, people, words of wisdom. I'm going to leave it at that and have Dennis's words of wisdom are timeless. Take it. And where's the best place we can reach you, Dennis? Either be on Twitter, LinkedIn.
0: Uh, so the website again is N Y A J for not your average show. N Y A J. Vets the Dot com. My bio's there. Uh, links are there. Flags are there. Book is there. All of those things. And then, uh, Twitter is at the Dennis Davis. That's at T H E Dennis Davis. Extremely easy to find there. Um, and fairly active, and a a robust following that continues to get more robust each day.
1: Go check it out, people. And if you're a veteran listening to the show, me and Dennis, or Dennis and I, grammatically correct, have been kicking around ideas. I don't want to drop any more teasers than that about how to help veterans get through processes that are just, you know, they're there. Just, but don't worry, we're not gonna, you know, we're gonna drop some teasers. Because two minds are better than one, and we're gonna hammer something out. Do not worry, Escavelio Empire. You are more than welcome to to follow us. You know, be involved with whatever we're doing. You know, Dennis has got his portion, I got my portion, he's got his life, I got my life, and I am honored, truly honored, to do whatever part I can for anybody. Be a veteran, no matter what it is, let me know. As as always, Dennis, you are now forever a part of the Escavelio Empire. Anything you need just let me know. Shoot me email, text. You have my personal number there, Dennis. And like I said, whatever I say on air, off air, it's all the same. You know, I'm the same person off air that I am on air. My kindness has no bounds. Trust me. Thank Is you. Is your number still
0: one eight hundred escavalio
1: That's right. Thank you. Dennis. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. Sorry to give that out on the air, but no, more than welcome. I I love I love it all. Trust me. Any, anything I can do for anybody for free, let me know. I, I just love you know restoring that faith in people. And that's my mission with this podcast—to restore faith in people because we live in such a cynical world. And you know, the more positive stuff I can do, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to ask permission. I'm going to do it, unless my wife's listening. <laughs> Amen. Trust me, Dennis. This is going unedited. Unabridged. It's going out as is, with the intro and outro, of course. But people never, ever, that word ever settle for average. Thank you, Dennis, for joining us. I think Episode twenty-six is in the books. Thank you. I'd like to thank this week's very special guest for joining us. Thank you. I hope everything goes well this week. hope everything goes well for you this week. Remember three things. Be good to yourself. Love yourself. And after you get done loving yourself, go over and check out the website, ryanmichaelesquivel.com. Have a great week.